you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, and this one is close to the draft. We're almost there. Brian Baldinger, of course, Carl Dukes put him up. And then my man, Jason Lockon for part of this podcast as well. Balding and Jason, a special edition of uh, the draft coverage, guys. Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Make sure you check that out. And uh, they're going to have a lot of great information leading up to the draft, which starts at 8 o'clock. Baldy, let's start with the news of the week. Maybe it's the news of the year. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, people are looking at this and saying the Jets finally have what they need, and now uh, they are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Of course, we're talking about four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers. The trade becomes official yesterday, guys. Rodgers traded the Packers trade a 2023 first-round pick. They swapped 15 and 13 with the mm-hmm. Packers in the first round. Then you get a fifth-round pick. And then this additional potential first rounder, if Aaron plays a percentage of the snaps, I think it's 65% uh, next year in 2024. Nevertheless, Baldy, let's get into it because now that the deal's official, what are you thinking? Well, a couple things. Number one, uh, it is the news. I mean, it's the biggest news of the offseason. Let's face it. I mean, the last time we saw this happen, Tom Brady left New England. And, you know, after almost the same amount of years that you know, Aaron has been in Green Bay and, you know, he went to Tampa and they won a Super Bowl. And I was just going back and looking, you know, Tom Brady came in 2020, Carl, during the height of the pandemic, Yep. you know, no off season, very little, you know, workouts, whole thing. They won the Super Bowl and he is the MVP. So you look at that situation, 2000, you look at what the Bucks were in 2019. They were a seven and 19 Jameson, Threw 31 interceptions, you know, led the league in interceptions. They had the 29th ranked defense, Carl. Mm. They had a good offense. They moved the ball. They just threw a lot of interceptions. You know, Bruce Arians, you know, they were no biscuit, no, you know, risk it, no biscuit, all that kind of stuff. But they were, they attacked. They just threw a lot of interceptions. But they were seven and nine. All right. The Jets at one point this year were seven and four, and they couldn't win another game. All right. They lost their last six. I feel like the situations are very similar. Aaron Rodgers coming to a team that desperately needs a proven quarterback. They have a defense that was top 10 last year. Might be better this year. Everybody returns except for a couple defensive tackles, and they'll address that in the draft. And and here he is. And you've already seen Sauce Gardner reaching out, and Brees Hall, oh, my knee feels a whole lot better. You know, we got a quarterback. Yeah. I know guys inside that building, Carl. I'll be there on Friday, maybe Thursday this week to meet Aaron, but I know guys, prominent players on that team that were just sick of losing. Mm. Just, you, know, you know what I mean? Like getting paid, professionals, right. get your name in the papers every once in a while, sick of losing. Don't want to be there. Aaron comes, not that he is the savior, but if you look at the compensation, you go, okay, you got to give up a first next year for most part. The only thing that remains to be seen in this whole deal structurally is, is Aaron going to be there longer than a year? Right. We don't know the details. We don't know if it's a two-year deal. That's the only thing that hasn't been resolved yet. You know, what is it a two-year deal? Is it a one-year deal? Is it a one-year? And let's wait and, and see if Aaron wants to keep playing. Like, that's the only thing that needs to be – because I feel like he needs to give him two years if he I can. Agree. I agree. He has to give him two. 
Like, if the Jets are right back where they are right now, next year, I don't care what they do this year. I think that's a bad deal. Unless, short of, short of winning a Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't think that's a good deal for the Jets. Baldy, do the playoff struggles over the last couple of seasons concern you? Now, I'm trying to look at this from all angles, right? Aaron is great. Absolutely, he gives you a better chance to win than Zach Wilson or anybody else, Mike White or anybody they've had there. But as you look at what has happened in Green Bay, the last two seasons where they had a chance, they didn't score any points against the 49ers. This year, they didn't get it done when they needed to. And do you look at that and say, all right, that's concerning? Or was that more of a function of, hey, we're in a game. They had a great game plan. You give them credit. Do you, how much do you blame Aaron for any of those, those, those uh, yeah. you know, lack of offensive performances, specifically in the playoffs? Because if you're a Jets fan, you're like, look, we're going to go to the playoffs. But when we get there, are we going to get that? Is that a concern? That's a, it's a concern. I mean, you know, it was concerned by Green Bay. Otherwise, he'd still be there. You know, they wouldn't have drafted Jordan Love if it wasn't a concern. They wouldn't be making the move that they made if it was a if it wasn't a concern. Um, look, that performance against San Francisco, they fired a special teams coach like the next day. Yep. One block, you know, I mean, all the stuff that San Francisco did. They lost to, you know, Super Bowl champs in the Rams, I believe. Um, you know, those, those are concerns, you know, that you can't um, – you can't play at an MVP performance. Now, the quarterback needs help. You know, I'm not saying it's not, but Aaron's got to be complicit in that. He's got to look at that. It bothers him. But I think I feel like, like I was talking to Ladania Tomlinson yesterday, Carl. We were doing a show together. We were talking about the the whole trade and everything. And even LT, like when the Chargers let him go and the Jets signed him, then the Jets met the Chargers in the playoffs. LT said that was as motivated he's ever been. Mm. Like it bothered him. You know, he here's the face of the franchise. They're cutting him loose. He goes to the Jets. Jets beat him in the playoffs. Like I think the Jets are getting a highly motivated Aaron Rodgers. Now, does that get him through the playoffs? Does that make him play better in the playoffs? I don't think it does. But I think they're getting a very motivated Aaron Rodgers, partly to stick it to the Packers mm. for doing this, like being – making him feel a part of this whole drama, even though some of it is brought on by himself. Um, but I, th I feel like you're going to get a motivated Aaron Rodgers. Now, the next compo component of this, what – like I feel like Aaron's got to bring these receivers, Garrett Wilson and Lazard and, you know, Rucker, like all these guys, Brees Hall, he's got to bring them to California. Yeah, let's like, get let's to work. Shop. Yep. Let's go to work. You know, all the great ones do it. Let's yep. go to work, guys. Come on. This is what we do. This is the audible system. This is what I'm looking at. You know, uh, red zone. This is, what, this is the route. Like, I just got to go through the whole Aaron Rodgers offense with him and teach him the finer points of what, um, you know, Nathaniel Hackett is going to lay out. Like, whether it's in California or in New York, he's got to spend time with these guys. And I don't think if he doesn't do that, then this whole thing, I don't know if it collapses, but I don't think it's going to be what it can be. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe to uh, get the new episodes. Stay up on everything that's going on in the NFL. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, Jason Lockon Four with you. We put up new episodes out every Tuesday, Thursday. This week, I will tell you, because the draft is Thursday, we're coming back Friday and reviewing yeah. what happened Thursday night. So specifically Friday morning, 
Uh, at some point midday, you'll have a, a new cast to check out and, and hear what we're thinking and what we're talking about. Baldy, yesterday when this broke, I just want you to bear with me for a second, because yeah. when this broke, the first thing I said is, holy crap, look at the AFC. And I just want you guys to think about this. Just from a quarterback standpoint, okay? Yeah. Bills, Josh Allen. Tua, whatever you think about Tua, when he was on the field, they won, okay? Now you add Aaron to the Jets. The Bengals, Joe Burrow. Ravens, if Lamar comes back. Mm-hmm. Browns, a healthy and a full offseason Deshaun Watson. Jacksonville was a playoff team with Trevor Lawrence last year. Talk about, oh, that team, the Kansas City Chiefs, that had Patrick Mahomes. Don't forget about Herbert. Don't forget about Russell Wilson with the new coach. Baldy, I'm going, holy crap, the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks. Loaded. Loaded. And, um, you know, if uh, you follow the quarterbacks, which you have to do in the quarterback-driven league and all that, I mean, not to mention, you know, Garoppolo with the Raiders. I mean, you just keep going on and on and on. Russell Wilson with Sean Payton, like whatever he is and can be. Uh, I, I feel like you're going to get the best of Russell, whatever that is right now. So, yes, top to bottom. Like it is. And, you know, like I was saying just off camera yesterday, like I the Jets went from they had one national TV game Thursday night. It was, They were awful against Jacksonville, if you remember. Yeah. It was, like it was just a disaster. Like, they're going to get the maximum number of national TV appearances. You know, whether that's five or whether that's six yep. in this new structure. It used to be five. It could be six. Like, and it might even be the opening Sunday night game of the season. Mm. You know, I mean, I can see the Jets Sunday night in America. Like, here's here's Aaron Rodgers and the new, the new Jets. Like, it, they're going to be – the schedule comes out in a couple weeks, Carl. After yep. this draft, that's the next big – you know, um, excitement to talk about in this NFL. Uh, you're going to see the Jets all over primetime. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Now, let me ask you, uh, just from a divisional standpoint, Baldy, as we're talking here, um, are the Jets the favorite to win this division? I still have Buffalo. Where are you at right now? Now, I know we got to get through the draft and see what things shake out, but just adding Aaron, are they now the favorites to win this division? Well, I think it's gotten a whole lot closer, Carl. I mean, they haven't been competitive with Buffalo. They really haven't. They beat them once. They did beat them once. Um, they haven't been competitive with Miami. Uh, I feel like they're they're right. And, you know, New England has wiped them up a bunch. And, you know, I mean, whether it was Sam Darnold seeing ghost against them or, you know, Zach Wilson throwing back-to-back interceptions. Um, I feel like they have closed the gap. And this is a highly, highly mm-hmm. competitive division. And if you say, okay, if Lamar's back in Baltimore, Deshaun's at Cleveland, you know, what Pittsburgh is doing right now with their additions, like maybe the AFC North is the most competitive division top to bottom. But now after yesterday's news, maybe it's the AFC East. Maybe yeah. it's the AFC East top to bottom that is the most competitive right now. Yeah. I, and, you know, just looking at the opponents, by the way, outside of the division, um, this is going to be a very tough road. I mean, for the Jets, the, this is not an easy schedule they get. You know, um, whether it's at home, I think on the road they got to go to Denver. They play the Cowboys. I mean, you've got some really tough teams. We don't know when, and we that, don't know how that, that's going to play out. That Cowboys game, Woo. I'm telling you, Carl. That Jets at Dallas that could open up Sunday Night Football. That could be the opening of the season. Like to me, uh, right. you know, the Cowboys, you know, are going to be the one of the favorites to be seen. 
And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, that just, I remember like, you know, that year, two years ago, it was, you know, Tampa in Dallas. And that was a great game. And there's Micah Parsons out there chasing Tom Brady all around the field. Like, I feel like it could very easily be the Jets in Dallas to start the season off. But, I, you know, Jets were a top 10 defense last year. Um, if they can figure out a way to take the ball away even more and give Aaron extra at-bats, um, I, you know, they, they, the Jets had me break down a bunch of things for Aaron Rodgers, and I'm like, where, where do I start? You know, <laughs> I started, right? And I started going through, like, some Hail Mary passes, Carl. Yeah. Then I started going through some of these back shoulder throws at the pylon. Then I started going some through some red zone stuff. I mean, you kind of forget. I don't think we forget, but sometimes you do forget if you just don't start watching these plays over and over and over the years and who they beat and what they did to the Bears and how they destroyed the Lions. You just go, man, if he's anywhere near that, the Jets are a whole lot better. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to lay this out for Jets fans. I'm sure they, they may be aware outside of the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, home opponents this year. Yeah. Chiefs go to New York. Okay. Chargers go to New York. Yeah. The Eagles go to New York. Wow. Yeah. And then here come yeah. the Commanders and the Texans. Texans, I get it. The Falcons, who should be improved. And then your away opponents, obviously Bills, Dolphins, Patriots. You play your, you know, your division of foes twice. But you got to go on the road and play the Broncos, the Raiders. You talked about the Cowboy game. And then you've got to go to Cleveland, Baldy. Now, that, to me, just knowing Cleveland should be improved. All these teams I'm thinking of, somebody's going to take a step back. I get it. But just based on what we know right now, and then we'll see what happens with the draft this weekend, that's a daunting task. It really is. And I just – I'm laying that out for Jets fans because I know yeah. everybody's excited, but it's not as if Aaron comes in and they go 17-0. and 0. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, that's not going to that, 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 that is um, – I'm sure we're going to talk about it all day today here at the network uh, out here in Los Angeles right now. But I, I feel like – that is, uh, and not to mention their own division opponents. Like every week is going to, like the target is on the Jets' back. Yep. Aaron Rodgers has already looked at the schedule. He can already probably guess when they're playing, you know, as long as he's been around this business and as much as he's on top of all this stuff. It's going to be fun, Carl. It's going to be fun. Now, we did the same thing last year when Russell Wilson went to Denver. True. And it was a complete flop. True. Now, you know. I think the team around Aaron is a lot better than it was in Denver. We got to still see if they can put an offense line together. I mean, I never saw an offense line get decimated week by week the way the Jets did a year ago, playing, you know, 38-year-old Dwayne Brown over here and like just picking guys up off the street and everything they could just to get five guys up there. So uh we got to, yeah, that's that's the next thing. Can can the Jets with Mackay Becton and Ali Vera Tucker, can they get these guys healthy and whatever they do with the 15th pick in the draft, which I think is going to be an offense lineman, can they build a, you know, a competitive wall in front of Aaron Rodgers right now? Well, I was just about to ask you about this because I was going to ask you, what do they need? Okay. What's the missing piece? So we're talking about the Aaron component. We know Brees Hall's coming back. We know about Garrett Wilson. We know about the skill position guys. If you are heading into this draft on Thursday night and you are the Jets, 
Are you going Broderick Jones? Are you going Paris, uh, the, the kid from Ohio? Yeah, Paris Johnson, Johnson from Ohio State. Which way are you? Do you think they might go? It won't surprise me to see him take one of those tackles or Darnell Wright from Tennessee. You like Darnell and, Wright a lot, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. I really like him. Um, I'm higher on him than some other people, which is fine. Sure. Um, I just think he's a plug and play right tackle. That is uh, exactly what the Jets need. Just a just a mauler at right tackle. They had Max Mitchell there for a few games last year. He got hurt. He was a rookie. But you let Mackay Becton and Dwayne Brown battle it out at left tackle. Okay. And they need a center. They, they signed Wes Schweitzer from uh, the Washington Commanders, who's capable of playing it. But there's Joe Tipman in this draft from Wisconsin. Like, the Jets pick right now, they pick 15 and 43. Like, Darnell Wright and Joe Tipman. Back to back. Back First to back. Second. Okay. Just go, okay. Because the Jets did this at one time with Nick Mangold. And, you know, like they did this, you know, way back when, um, you know, and Favre was there. Like I, I could, I could see Joe Douglas going, I'm going to do this once and for all. I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'm going to go get, you know, Darnell or Broderick and I'm going to get Joe Tipman. We're going to plug these two rookies in. We think they're 10 year starters and work in Ali Vera Tucker, Lakin Tomlinson, Mackay Becton, whatever. And this is what we're going with. And then, you know, later in the draft, you know, whatever's left, let's go get myself a big, fat defensive tackle that could just eat double teams, you know, and protect and kind of work that direction. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I mean, that's when you have specific needs like that, Baldy, it makes your draft a lot easier, right? When you've got teams that need five positions and they're going, oh, we're going to take the best guy on the board. Jets are like, look, we're fixing our old line because we just made this huge investment in Aaron Rodgers. We got to make sure we got the guys. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you. It's in the huddle, guys. I want to shift gears and talk about the Packers for a second. The Packers, for the first time, now have a question mark at quarterback since 1992. You're going back to the Favre years, right? Then the transition to Aaron. I mean, years. it's been forever. And now here comes Jordan Love. I've said this. I don't know what the kid is. I know he's been on the bench. I've seen him in preseason games. whoop de doo I don't know when the pressure's on, what's going to happen, and what the expectation is. But, Baldy, how does Green Bay move forward with this? We know Brian Gutekinds, the general manager, has said, hey, it's time for Love to play, and he's saying all the right things. What's Jordan Love? So I went through the whole roster of every team in this league yesterday, and Christian Watson's going to throw to three rookie wide receivers that were drafted by Green Bay a year ago, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samari Ture from Nebraska, seventh-round pick. That's on, that's the wide receiving core. That's okay. it. But they don't have anybody else. Mm. They have uh, DeGuara, a tight end, who's a third-round pick three years ago, at tight end. That's it. And they've got A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Their cupboard is as bare as any team in this league. Now, you can say, okay, 13th pick. Let's go get Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Okay. All right, fine. Like, there's – You've got basically a rookie receiving core with Jordan Love. And um, it is is awfully bare. Now, they've got some assets. Okay. Um, You know what rookies are in this league. Sometimes they need a red shirt year. Uh, Sometimes they hit it running. But there is not a whole lot of help around. Now, and then you could say, okay, you know, is David Bakhtiari ever going to be healthy? Is Elton Jenkins ever going to give you a full season? Like, there's, there's some question marks up front with the offensive line. So uh, 
It is now they have added assets to the defense for years. Last year, two first round picks on defense, and they were terrible on defense last year. Now maybe they put it together this year, and you know they they uh, become a top ten defense, or if they're top five defense, that will help Jordan. But it is. It's not like there's Sterling Sharp out there. It's not like, you know, there's, you know, Devontae Adams. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you know, elite number one picks. Now, maybe Christian Watson, you know, becomes that great second round pick that Packers have been known for uh, and becomes that player. That would be a good thing. But uh, there's they, they need a lot of work, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and this is going to be I think Green Bay fans, they're happy that this saga is over. Because it's been ongoing for the last few years, right? I think a lot of Green Bay fans feel like, uh, you know, Aaron was holding them hostage, right? To a certain degree. And and playing this game with the franchise. And now they can move on, but also they have to realize they're not as good. I mean, they're just not going to be as good as they once were. And I think that's, that's going to be, you know, the hard part about this. Yeah, I'm glad he's gone. But you look at the overall makeup of the team as you're laying out, Baldy, and you go, well, all right, we, we may not be as good. But at least this is behind us. Um, I want to ask you about a couple of loose end things. It's Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you guys here in the huddle. Saquon Barkley and his offer from the Giants. And then the Trey Lance rumors. And let's start with Saquon. Saquon has said he's not going to show up, right? They have until July 17th to get a deal done with the franchise tag, which they still could. But basically, he's not happy because obviously he didn't get the deal and they haven't gotten it done. And then the Trey Lance trade rumors are the 49ers legitimately trying to move on from Trey Lance and basically saying, hey, look, we got our guy. We went and got Sam Darnold. We traded for him. We got our backup and we got our starter. Once Purdy comes back, Lance is expendable. Well, let's start with Lance. Let's it's the start. First of all, nobody knows when Brock Purdy is going to be healthy and ready to go. Like maybe it's July. But maybe it's August. Maybe he doesn't really feel like the whip is back until you get to September. So I said a couple weeks ago that Sam Darnold, if given a chance, would be good competition for Trey Lance. And everybody in the Bay Area just said, man, you hate Trey. I go, I don't hate Trey. Nobody hates Trey. (laughs) He started four games in San Francisco in two years. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Yeah. You know, and, he, and if you add that, the you know, his last year at North Dakota State, he started five games in the last three years. Well, Sam Darnold started the last six games for Carolina last year. He went four and two. And they were in a division race until they lost to Tampa week 17, I believe. So it's not like Sam Darnold can't play. He's been in some terrible situations. He's had some injuries. I'm not saying Sam Darnold, but I don't think he's washed up. Like you put Sam Darnold on that offense with Kyle Shanahan and whatever they do in this draft, like – they, you know that that's a bona fide guy that could that could start, and you'd see whatever Sam Darnold is, you're going to see the best of Sam Darnold. So then you go, okay, well, is Trey Lance expendable? Well, what's the market for Trey? That's like, why would you like if we're just stock trading right now, Carl? Why are we selling so low? Like, what are you going to get? Like, we're talking about the third pick in the draft that is t- highly unproven. We, you know, he's one and three as a starter. He hadn't shown much, you know, lost to like, I'm not blaming the opening lost against the bears in a monsoon last year, the Trey Lance, but that's one of the two games he started next week. He got hurt. Like that's it. So like, it's unfortunate, but that's just the reality. So 
I just don't the, – the trade rumors can be just that, rumors, that's fine. John Lynch has to, you know, address those things, and he did. But I just don't understand not knowing what Brock Purdy is at this point after the Tommy John surgery. Why would you sell so low Trey Lance to some taker out there that could get the third pick in the draft from three years ago? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me to San Francisco not knowing what their situation is. You need a quarterback this offseason to go through the OTAs and all the other stuff. The offseason, somebody's got to throw to to Debo and to, you know, Ayuk and the Kittle. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I just – I don't understand why San Francisco would do that. Like – you know, Jimmy Garoppolo became valuable when she proved that he could stay healthy and play, and here he is. So, you know, they got value out of Jimmy. I think they could get the same value out of Trey. Baldy, uh, we're a couple of days away from the draft. Um, it's a fun time of year, guys. It just is. And, and for me, I always talk about this on my shows, Baldy, that the thing about the draft is your team changes. The NFL draft is an immediate draft, meaning we draft you, we put you in there, we, we slot you in, and you immediately have an impact, right? That's what happens in the NFL. It's not the MLB draft where I got to wait five years for a guy to get through the minor leagues and see what he can do. And so that is exciting from the standpoint, whatever happens Thursday, Friday, and Saturday could potentially change your team and set your team on a course to maybe a Super Bowl. So we're a couple of days away. I want to ask you, have your opinions changed on any of these prospects or any of these teams and their draft strategy now that we're a few days away. Baldy, those those boards are up there. We know. <laughs> no more pencil, right? I mean, this is they're, – they're, they've got their focus on just a few guys, and they got plan B, A, B, C, and D, depending on how this thing shakes out. Have you and your opinions changed on any of these prospects? All right? Because mine has changed on one, and I'm going to tell you who it is in a minute or the teams and their draft strategy as we're just two days away? Well, just briefly, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs struck gold in the draft last year from Isaiah Pacheco. You know, you just go through the whole list. I mean, they wouldn't have won. Um, they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl without the rookie contributions. Christian you know, Watson and some, some of these guys that were just unbelievable for them. Um, you know, they had six guys playing on defense that made Karloftis, you know, like you just go through the list of guys. So Baldy, would you be willing to say they want a Super Bowl in a I don't want to say a rebuild, but a retool? They want a Super Bowl when you drafted all these guys and you didn't know how much they were gonna, you know, give you, and yet you were still able to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, they 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 needed help on defense, and these rookies gave big help on defense, you know, and so you know, they the wall the, the, the you know, they protected uh Mahomes well enough you know, for the offense to, to kick in. So the one guy that my opinion has changed on is Bijan. Like, I believe that he's not going to fall any further than 10 to Philadelphia. And mm -hmm. here's why. When they gave, when they rewarded Jalen Hurts with his new contract and his extension, I said, this is, this whole league is about offense. You can say defense wins championships, and Kansas City did a great job in the second half, um, you know, shutting Philadelphia down to win a Super Bowl. Uh, there's a role for defense, but you got to be a you got to be a point scorer. And I just thought, you know, look, they've got a glaring hole at right guard in Philadelphia, losing Isaac Samalo, and they don't have his replacement on the roster. Like I feel like if you took Bijan at ten, 
and Osiris Torrance at 30, and you put the 340-pound right guard in between Kelsey and Lane Johnson and let Jeff Stoutley go to work with them, and you put Bijan in the backfield with Jalen Hurts, who scored 15 rushing touchdowns last year, to me, this offense could look unstoppable with A.J. and, you know, Devontae and all the guys they have. Like, I'd say just keep the offense humming. And for that reason, like, I still believe Atlanta could take Bijan at eight. Chicago could definitely take him at nine. And the Eagles could take him at ten. And a couple weeks ago, I thought there's no way I would take a running back in the top ten. But now I I feel after really studying Bijan, spending time with LaDainian Tomlinson, going through a lot of tape with them, I feel like he's not going to get out of the top ten. That's the guy whose my opinion has changed. That's that's great uh, because I've been trying to sell fa- the Falcons on this for, for a month now, two months actually, because when I first brought it up, the initial conversation is you don't take a running back in the first round, right? Everybody's against it. But my thing is exactly what you're talking about. This is an offensive league. And when you talk about just the Eagles, I'll use the Eagles, forget about the Falcons for a second. Now you've got to defend RPO. Now you've got to defend play action. And you've got a guy that runs away from people, okay? So if he gets in the second level, forget about it. So that dynamic, and now I'm telling you the Eagles are scoring, let's just say they're scoring 31 a game, all right? Mm-hmm. Not 35, 31 a game. That's a problem with that defense because now I'm putting pressure on the opposing team's offense to have to come back down and try to keep up with us. And I've seen this, Baldy, you've seen it. When you have these dynamic offenses, it's your best defense, your defense is not on the field a lot, and when they are, they now dictate what teams are doing. They don't have to worry about, oh, we're you know in a three-point game and they, they've got the full playbook in front of them. They're trying to get back in these games because you're down two touchdowns or whatever it might be. That, to me, is the reason alone to take Bijan, whether it's Chicago, and I know they're not where the Eagles are offensively, or it's the Falcons and Arthur Smith who loves to run the football, and he's got a young quarterback. Take the pressure off. Well, Carl, I played in my career, I played with two Hall of Fame running backs. I played with Tony Dorsett and Eric Dickerson. And I'm just telling you, when the quarterback, whoever it was in those in those places I played, when you can hand the ball off to a Hall of Fame running back, and I'm not putting Bijan in the Hall of Fame. Sure, sure. But obviously, he is a talented, talented player. When you can turn around and hand the ball off, and whether I was – executing my block or I was getting my butt whipped, whatever. Like those guys made me look better. They make everybody look better. And, you know, we, we use this phrase, well, take the pressure off the quarterback. There is a great deal of that when you can screen to Bijan. Mm. I, I showed plays yesterday where he runs routes like a wide receiver. Not, not the routes that Alvin Kamara runs or Aaron Jones runs where you're running these little flat routes or you're running these screens. I'm talking about running wide receiver routes down the field, attacking safeties. Like there is a component to his game that you can't say many running backs can do. And then if you see, like we often do in this league, just bad tackling, bad angling, guys dropping their heads. Like his footwork is so good that if you drop your head and you're just like running into him, like he's going to make you miss and just be by you. Like there's so many different ways to utilize his talent that I just don't understand how Chicago could pass at nine. If you've got Justin Fields and the way that you're capable of running the ball, even 
Last year, the way they ran the ball at times with Khalil Herbert, you know, David Montgomery, Justin yeah. Fields, and you add Bijan, like, I just know, like, the Bears won a Super Bowl. Walter Payton was the running back. Like, I'm, yep. believe me, I'm not comparing him to Walter or any of these guys. But, you know, it was pretty, pretty good time in Chicago. And if you said Atlanta at eight, well, I mean, Arthur Smith comes from Tennessee where he had Derrick Henry. And <laughs> they ran, a, you know, that offense you just described. Yep. You know, with Derrick Henry. I don't know how he gets out of the top 10, Carl. It's a great point, Baldy. And I don't think you're wrong. I think he is legitimately a top 10 pick and maybe the fifth or sixth best overall player in this draft. The guy that maybe I've changed on, and it's only because I keep hearing this information, is C.J. Stroud. I'm not convinced the Texans are going to take C.J. Stroud at two if Bryce goes one. And part of this is, Baldy, and we've had this conversation. This is the only guy I've changed my opinion on. I think C.J. is very good. I still think he's a first-round pick. But when you hear, okay, that teams are concerned that he may have had the best receiving core in college football history with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith, and Jigba, most college football teams, Baldy, have one of those guys. Yeah, He had four. And so – now and you if start- Marvin Harrison was in this draft, he'd be the first receiver taken, bar none. Hands down. So my only concern is you hear executives, you know, whispers about, okay, kid interviewed great, but is he really this? And I think that is a concern now if he starts to fall in this draft. And I don't know if he will, but I, my opinion has changed. And I also said this to you the last week. The S2 test, I don't know how much you put into it. The S2 cognitive test, you know, again, it's like the Wonderlick. It's one component of the makeup of a player. But when you hear Bryce Young crush this test and it's processing and all this stuff, and then you hear C.J. Stroud, well, he struggled a little bit. His grades weren't as good. How much do you look at that? Executives look at that and they say, well, maybe we want to take a step back. I think he's still going to be a first-round pick. There's no doubt. But does he fall and potentially he does. He's not the second overall pick. Maybe he's not the second quarterback taken overall. Well, I don't think Houston's taking a quarterback at two. And not because of the S2, S2 test. And not because it's C.J. Stroud. I just think if you look at D'Amico Ryans, okay? Like, he has, like you know, he, he's been on a pretty quick rise from his playing days to where he's at. But he spent all his time in San Francisco. Right. So what is San Francisco, what have they been doing? For the last five years, it's just been quarterback, not drama, but they've seen quarterbacks injured. They've seen major trades to go get Trey Lance and then see what happens. Meanwhile, they plug in Mr. Irrelevant last year to a team that was Super Bowl well built with the number one defensive football weapons everywhere. Trade for Christian McCaffrey, got a, you know, a Hall of Fame left tackle, all this stuff. And you put Brock Purdy into that system, and you go, there was a guy that just went 8-0 and looked all world. And I think D'Amico Ryan says, look, I'm looking at my roster here. And, okay, we got Laramie Tunsil. All right, what, we, we've got Damian Pierce. Like, what do we have? And I'm, he's saying, like, we got the second and 12 pick. Like, let's not rush this. If you don't think that C.J. Stroud or anybody else, you know, might be – you know, the next coming of, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Like, if we don't have that, let's go get elite players and let's build this roster. Like, what's the rush? 
like next year there's Caleb Williams, there's, you know, whatever, the May, like all these guys, but not that they're going to be in a position for that, but they don't want to be, but you know, let's, let's not, if we don't think that CJ Stroud is Patrick Mahomes or one of these guys, like, let's just, let's just get solid, solid players right now and build this thing. That's how I feel D'Amico Ryan's in these meetings, you know, with Nick Casario and whoever. Yeah. He's sitting around going, guys, I just came from San Francisco. <laughs> like, believe me, I know it's hard. Um, it's no guarantees because we got a quarterback here, you know, with, with sitting there at number two. And that's kind of how I feel Houston's looking at this thing. Yeah, and you go get your edge. I mean, he had two guys in San Francisco, right? I mean, but you go get those guys. You get your big DTs. You you start to set this up to have long term success. I agree with you, Baldy. I I'm more inclined to say that they go defense, and uh, who that player is, we'll wait to see. But I agree. I can't wait. I hope you can't wait. And we're back at you on Friday. We're talking about all the things that happened on Thursday night in the first round. And, you know, it's going to be hard. I'll say this, guys. I know everybody wants to give grades and, oh, this is a successful pick and all that. We will look at this probably a little bit differently on this podcast because Baldy and I know that at the end of the day, we won't know until until these guys strap them on and we start to see games and plays and blocks and runs and all of that. But there is an element to – did the team go in the right direction? And we'll certainly be talking about it on Friday. Make sure you uh, subscribe in the huddle and uh, like us. Tell your friends about us, guys. New episodes coming out, but this week, not Thursday, Friday, because the NFL draft. Hey, everybody, enjoy. Baldy, look forward to hearing you and Jason on Thursday leading up to the draft, man. Have some fun, brother. Yep. It'll be a great week here, Carl. Thank you. All right, my man. We'll talk soon. Everybody else, you guys take care.